right, guys, welcome back. King Listener Reviews. We're here with good friend Matt Whitling. Hello. Uh, honored to have him here with me today and John. And then we got my brother here. How you guys the doing? Guru, I would say, uh, about Event Sevenfold. One of his favorite bands, hands down, knows everything there is to know about him. So we're going to just dive in and dissect it because we clearly can't stop talking about him every episode. So I think it's going to be a really fun episode. I think there's going to be some really cool, uh, I wouldn't say conflicting opinions, but, you know, I think people are going to get to have a little argument on why this should be this way or why this album's the best or why this, that, da, 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 regardless of anything. So I'm excited to have. There we are. Zero games. <laughs> we'll start fresh because this whole episode is about Avenged Sevenfold. So, folks, I hope you're ready. We did our homework. We're excited for this one. So, we'll get uh, right into it. Um, we'll just uh, start. We'll start with John. We'll go full circle. John, if we were to list off your favorite album, top to bottom, Avenged Sevenfold, what are they? Okay, so I would have to go with City of Evil, self-titled, and this is where things get really hard, because those two I can kind of, like, I'm pretty sure about. Um, I'll get kind of controversial and maybe say, let's go Hail to the King and Nightmare Kind of Tied, possibly. Well done. Yeah, okay. the, let's go with the the stage tied with sounding the seventh trumpet, and yeah, I think those are the ones I would list. Okay, what do you think? No, no, waking the fallen. Oh yeah, that okay. Oh uh, yeah, okay. I missed yeah. it. I was looking at just Three the words. logos. Yeah. Where was, where would you put that one? Would you put that like top three with the, uh, you know, the rest of them there, or would you still have that below? Yeah. Or tied with, you know, the stage and whatnot. Okay, it would actually be above the stage and sounding the seventh trumpet. Okay, cool. I'd have to argue that. Yeah, see, this is where I think it's going to get, this is where I think it's going to get really unique because we're all going to be able to touch on uh, why ours are going to be different because so, everyone's, everyone's are going to be extremely different. Right, so you're going to put Nightmare above Waking the Fallen. So I'm going to put Nightmare above Waking the Fallen? Yeah. I, I don't know. For some reason... So Nightmare, here's a controversial take, is the fact that, like, So Far Away pretty much carries that album. Like, that, for some reason, that song, like, has enough emotional impact, especially with the music video, that it's, like, I don't know. It's one of those things where I think, I, it's, I don't know. It's kind of, like, the controversial take I have that I don't think that if Kurt Cobain had stayed alive, he'd be, have been as famous. I don't know if Nightmare would be That's as high factual. on the list. Wow. Yeah, okay. I mean, we not, got, we got a strong opinion yeah. there. Yeah, that, that, that's okay. a whole other that episode. Is, that, yeah. is, <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, my gosh. John started out yeah. strong today. Okay. Yeah, just like, it's one of those things. So I'll say that Nightmare is the Kurt Cobain of Avenged Sevenfold albums. Okay. That's, that's, that's fair. Yeah. I, I can respect that, honestly. So I can respect that a lot. John's happy that Kurt Cobain died. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it's oh, kind of like... We can't, we can't even get my brother started with that. Yeah, no, I'm not a Kurt Cobain guy <laughs> whatsoever. I mean, it's I mean, it's kind of like the Beatles. If John Lennon had gotten shot, I don't know if the Beatles would be as big. That's yeah, another... Yeah. I, yeah, like, yeah. I, he's not wrong. 
Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm not even. A this fan. is a podcast yeah, event. Sevenfold would love here. It's true. I mean, it's a, but it's a theme throughout things. Like JFK, not a great president, but he got shot, so everyone's like, he's great. It's like, <laughs> what podcast is this? They're here to listen to our yeah. strong opinions on. Yeah. It's true. I actually just finished a World Strongest Opinions episode yesterday, so I'm still firing on all. Any other oh, political undertones? Oh man, these are awesome. This is exactly I'm, what I. This, I'm not this even what we kidding. needed here. I, I have a list on my phone of controversial my unpopular opinions that should be fact we can read that at the end of the episode that's true we, we definitely you. can all uh, right okay so those those are my rankings and that's how i describe that's them it's like, yeah that's yeah. fair nightmare has that like emotional impact i re- like, you know and i respect i respect that list a lot actually um and i can honestly see it from your point of view why you know you say that with nightmare because uh a lot of people that i know Honestly, they don't they don't care for that album at all. And you know, that's okay. Brayden, let's hear yours because I know that yours is gonna be the one that everyone's gonna be like, what the hell? All right. Well, at number one, I got City of Evil, obviously. City of Evil, it's so in your face, it's just oh, you can't not listen. If a song from City of Evil pops up, dude, I'm not skipping. No way, no doubt. Number two, uh, mine's the stage. Uh, I think the stage and city of evil kind of go hand in hand for me. I think. The stage brilliantly mixed. Uh, the Creating God is one of my favorite songs but on that album. Uh, it's a song about basically what we've done technologically. Like we're creating God with our own technology. We're like basically becoming God because we are so technologically advanced that, you know, someday computers will take over the world. Uh, I got number three, Waking the Fallen. Uh, Nightmare is my number four. Waking the Fallen is... Uh, after Nightmare, I got self-titled, Sounding the Seven Trumpet, and I got Hail to the King last, which, don't get me wrong, I do love Hail to the King, but I think everybody can kind of agree, you know. And, see, and this is this is why I was extremely excited. I was talking with uh, John last week and uh, Witty over here just earlier before the podcast that um, I brought up having, wanting to have you on here, right? Not just because of the fact that, um, you know, you're a big fan, but because your reasoning behind why you rank the stage so highly compared to, you know, you got the self-titled, you got Nightmare, you got um, City of Evil. Some of their best songs have come off of there uh, Mm -hmm. commercially, you know, for everybody. Everybody's heard of Beast in the Harlot. Everybody's heard of Nightmare. Well, we're talking politics. You guys, have, have you guys seen the stage, the music video for the stage? Yeah. Brilliant. 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 And see, and the thing that I I, I was really excited for was, which we'll we'll touch on, we'll get to me and Witty's here in a second, but I definitely want to hear more from you, as I'm sure John and Witty do, about why you why you put the stage so highly up there. But it's just an it's an awesome take. It's it's not so much I guess that it's awesome, it's different. It's a hot take. People are more than likely not gonna agree with you. And you kind of have, because I was one of those people. I wasn't a fan of the stage, but you kind of brought um, knowledge to myself that I was not aware of. It makes me like, you know what? You know, I gotta give, <clears throat> I gotta give this credit. So we're gonna go back to touch on that for sure. And John just listened to the stage at the end of our podcast last week. Good stuff. He's like, oh man, like this. You know, he was even like, wow, this is really unique. And I told him, like, you know, we're gonna have my brother on, and I think he's gonna be able to maybe change your perspective on that whole dynamic. So, you know, we'll see when we get there 
Uh, Witty, would you like to touch on yours now? Yeah. Uh, my ranked course number one would be self-titled. Okay, we can dive into more of that. But how are you going to release an album that's just a greatest hits album right out the gate? Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, City of Evil, number two. And then Waking the Fallen. I think anybody in my age range would have those three. Uh, 30s, of course, for those who don't know. Uh, Nightmare would be number four. And then The Stage. And then Hail to the King. And then last would be Sounding the Seventh Trumpet, which I have a good reason for that, despite what I look like. So don't worry. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's a, I think that's where a lot of people yeah. that are big fans of Avenged Sevenfold would be putting that album, unfortunately. Yeah. Even though it really set the base and the tone for what that band was going to oh, bring yeah. Yeah. throughout the entire scene. I really, I, it's just interesting how a lot of people put that there. And I mean, I'm going to carry on with it myself here. Um, I'm going to say um, self-titled, my number one is the same as uh, Witty's, as well as City of Evil will be my number two. Um, the reason I like the self-titled so much was just due to, to the creativity that was really brought through with the Revs writing. Oh, absolutely. Anybody that knows me, anybody that knows music, yeah. uh, they just know how um, great and how much of an impact the Rev had and, you know, we'll talk about it on the Sound of the Seven Trumpet. The dude wrote an entire song with just the track of the drum on Almost Easy. You don't do that as a musical writer. You don't write the drums. You bring that in last. You get the melody. You get all that stuff. He tracked one take the entire song of Almost Easy, threw it at the guys, and they're like, oh, my God, we're going to work with this. And then you got a little piece of heaven. List goes on. City of Evil, the dueling solo work on that album from Zachy and Sinister was mm -hmm. just so in your face, in your face. It was beautiful. People hated it though. People hated it. We'll touch on that again. Anyways, we'll go to number three for me. Uh, nightmare nightmare Ooh. is honestly up there for okay. me. So okay. I'm going to respect I'll touch, that. I'll, I'll touch on that right now. Nightmare. I put nightmare so highly on that ranking due to the fact that they lost dare I say, the soul of the band with the rev, right? Absolutely. You lost the soul of the band. The entire creativity, the, the, the beautiful aura that that dude brought to that band. You know, that band was the rev almost, it seems like, right? And then you heard about his passing, and you knew that this album was coming out. You knew that it was being worked on, and you knew that he did some uh, demo tracks on it. So as a fan, you're like, man, like, how's this going to turn out? Right. And then we had Mike Portnoy come in from Dream Theater. I have a fun fact about that. Uh, Portnoy quit Dream Theater because he thought that he was going to become the leading drummer of Event Sevenfold. And as soon as he did that and recorded that, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We never, yeah, just, we never yeah, said that. It was too much of a dynamic uh, change for the guys in the band. It was just very different. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I got to give so much credit to where credit's due. Uh, him being able to come in and do that was just phenomenal. Filling in the rev spot, almost adding a um, rev sound without the rev. And it was oh, great. Absolutely. But you also yeah. had Mike's own little technicalities. That oh, there's definitely the dream theater in that album for sure. Welcome yeah. to the family is a perfect example. Yeah. Of yep. the, the beginning fill that he does into that song yep. is exactly from a dream theater song that I cannot think of right now. 
but it is exactly that kind of fill, just a little quicker, and it goes right into that great song. You know, it just you, I got to give credit where it's due. And then Natural Dude, Born did. Killer, you have Natural Born Killer, and it's the same. It's double ride on Natural Born Killer, yep. but it's with the like bass kind of yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, you know the emotion that was packed in the song of uh, Fiction. Oh, the last song the Rev wrote. Man, yeah, that that's that's a tearjerker. You yeah, you hear his you hear his voice. You can hear the death. It's, you hear the death. Of his voice. That that is for you guys out there. That was his last um, his last studio take of vocals. His last written song. Everything. That was it. That was what we lost with the Rev. So you know, if you have an emotional touch to that band, listen to that song. You hear it. It it tears me up. It tears Braden up. I know it does. Um, yeah, and just like I don't know, tough. I just. I can't deny, even though that people are not going to be too much of a fan of the Nightmare album, the numbers speak highly of it. You know, they sat on, you know, the top 100 number yeah. one for, you know, for a, a week or so, a couple of weeks. And, you know, just just the the fight that it probably took for them to finish that without with losing their best friend is just something that I just can't think I can't uh, ignore. So mm -hmm. then I will then go to Hail to the King. Hail to the King for me, uh, being at number four, um, you know, that, was the, that was the first album that me, I personally ever uh, bought fully on uh, Apple Music, iTunes. I bought, I bought that whole album. It was the first piece of music that I ever owned digitally. What a waste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hell, it was a waste of space on my phone for you two to give me their free album. But we'll, we'll talk on that another time. <laughs> But yeah, so that was the that was the first full Avenged Sevenfold album that I ever actually purchased, uh, listened to, and I, I grew a, a, a big love for it. It gets a lot of shit, which is fine. It's yeah. credited the Metallica you know, album. They copied Metallica. That's okay. In a, in a way, it, you know, it was very simple drum beats, but you know, they saw some really good song. You know, you had the typical Sinister Gates sweet picking. Coming solo. home is one of my favorite guitar Coming solos. Very ever. Good song. I, I will give it that. I really like St. James, which is their bonus track on that as well. St. James, good song. Then, literally about the ref. I'm gonna say uh sounding the seventh trumpet and the stage and the stage. I'm gonna I'm not even gonna like put one below the other. They're the same for me. Ooh. Uh it, it, it's 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 hard for me to say that because the stage, when it comes from a technical standpoint. Is so far above almost what they've ever done, right? And it's it's honestly like, as a fan, you want to kind of deny that fact because you know your heartstrings. I was talking with Matt about it earlier. It's really hard for me to look at Brooks Wackerman, who's a great drummer who played for. I'm sorry, who was it again? Bad Religion. Bad Religion. Bad very, Religion. Very very good band. And yeah. but he he is such a technical drummer, and you know he filled in the spot of Aaron Illajay, Mike Portnoy, you know the Rev, whatever. And he came into his own, and it was really amazing having that technical sound on that drum kit. Stage, Creating God, Exists, you name it, it's there. You yep. got it on that album. Did you know that right. Creating God uh, Creating God was a song that was just meant to be a screw-around with Brooks Wackerman when he joined the band? It, that's literally just him going balls to the walls on the drums, and they Dude, made a song out of it. That makes a lot of sense, honestly, because I was just telling Cam earlier how Creating God is really missing a lot of like the revs. You know, his double, his flows. double ride thing is the rev called it you know like yeah some more like ride symbol and etc but yeah i could see how it kind of be like an audition piece or just kind of like hey show us what you got yeah it into a very good song i love it, that song it, it, it really did it, it's I'll, I'll talk it's a good song but i 
I'm one of those where it's just like it's just missing that. Missing that feel yeah. for you. Yeah, and that's yeah. And that's absolutely understandable. Yeah. So that's it's really it's really cool, like I said, hearing all these different opinions on this. Uh you know, because I'm sure a lot of people's are gonna be different based on of uh, the era that they grew up listening to music, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So that's you know, it is what it is. And then the touch on Wake in the Fallen, you know. I'm surprised that's sounding the seventh trumpet. I'm sorry. Sounding the seventh trumpet. You know, fun fact for everybody out here, the Rev one took that entire album. One take from the entire thing. The guys are like, man, you know, like you should do he's like, no, like you want to be perfect. And uh, you know, you can hear it throughout the album. That in itself is amazing, but that was their real coming into welcome back, John. John resurrected. Alfred Internet, so <laughs> you're good. We, Waking we, the uh, Fallen Resurrected is another album that they did, the live yes, album. Yes, it yeah. is. Well, uh, I guess to finish on Sound of the Seventh Trumpet, just to uh, the sound wasn't as uh, uh, perfectly crisp and right. produced, you know. Definitely, but yeah. what else do you expect from you know, first album the first album, album yeah, and then you see it progress that, throughout. Yeah. So, it, it, I almost feel disrespectful putting it so low. And same with the stage, because the stage is honestly very cleanly produced when it comes from an al- album standpoint. That album is mixed so mixed and how it's layered. But, you know, aside from that, that's just that's our opinion. And everybody's is going to be different. So right. that's what's really awesome about this specific episode is that we're going to have so many different takes for everybody. Right. And, so you know, if they hate our opinions, they can have their own podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talking about if there's seven old and that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I think it's fair to say that almost somehow, some way, that band has had an impact on everybody that we know and love today in the oh, scene. If there's yeah. anybody in the scene, you know. And let's just let's all touch on this. That unholy confessions rip. Who started? It? Bam, 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 who started bam. it? Every band copies it, right? So who who started it? Nobody knows. Either way, um, we'll uh, go into making me want to mosh. Yeah, yeah. I guess, Braden. I, I I'm kind of wondering myself. Talk to John, Woody, and myself as to why uh, the stage is so high on your list. I I really really want to hear this. So the stage is so high on my list is uh, number one how they released it. Nobody thought it was going to be released the way it was. It came out of nowhere, and nobody expected an event sevenfold album the day that it dropped. I remember listening to – well, first of all, I looked at the track lengths, and I saw Exist, 15 minutes, and I'm like, oh, word. So, you know, I give that a listen, and, you know, it's just crazy. It's in your face. It's got City of Evil in it. It's got Waking the Fallen in it. It's got every freaking style of music you can think of in it. And then you get to the chorus, and it's just, it's soft. It's nice. It's beautiful. And then at the end, you got Neil deGrasse Tyson reading off while Sin Gates is just going God mode, as he usually does, you know. And the stage, uh, I remember watching the music video, as I said, and just, oh, it's so true. You know, we are that of the government. That's all we are. We are property of the government. And it's just, it's, you know, it's perfect. And Creating God's another one. Like, it's a mess around song. But it's the meaning of the song. It's, the whole album is based off simulation. That's what it is. It's, it's the world is a simulation. And you can, you can really tell with that song, uh, specifically that it's almost 
to me, it almost feels like you're flying through space. Yeah, exist or which one? As as you ascend through that song, it's almost like, holy shit, I'm on a spaceship to Mars right now. This it's like an cool. LSD trip of metal music. It really Honestly, is. You know what? You are you are right. So, you know, all all great great points there. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Witty, John, or Braden. That album was not released. Well, that album was released, but it was after Sinister Gates' uh, vocal surgeries, correct? You mean Matt Shadows? Yeah, I'm Matt sorry, Shadows. Matt Shadows. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. I said Sinister. Matt Shadows. Yeah, and that, and that's why people – but, dude, I love the raspiness in that album, dude. Yeah. He made it work. He, he really yeah. made it work, and it's still Avenged Sevenfold. You yeah. know it is. You can hear it in the music, hear in the guitars. And Brooks Wackerman, man, what Brooks Wackerman's done in place of – uh, in place of the rev which don't get me wrong the rev one of the best metal drummers ever but as cameron touched on earlier the technicality wow i mean that, yeah that's what that's what kills me is i was talking to him about it like how do you play with these like bands where technicality is not really the the the, the forefront, back the, the backbone yeah. yeah the backbone the forefront of yeah. the genre that he's playing in and then you go to event sevenfold who mm-hmm. already you know, one, one of the biggest bands in uh, metal, progressive metal, whatever you want to call them. Right. You know, it depends on the era, I guess you're talking about. But, like, how did they go from what he did with Bad Religion to what we got with the stage? It was really cool. It was really interesting. And, yes, it was very technical. So, it was really awesome to uh, get to see that. And I'm excited to see kind of what they come out with next. I'm, yeah. Sin Gates will be beatboxing. I promise you that. He's already oh, said he's going to be beatboxing. Yeah, be <laughs> yeah. Uh, whenever you got the stage, that was easily the more mature sound of Avenged Sevenfold was eventually going to go into. People that are talking about M Shadow's vocals and how they're just like not the same. It's like, yeah, no shit. Okay. Yeah. You tried doing world tours for like the, those three albums we discussed in our top three self titled City and Waken. You try doing that for five years, of course you're going to yeah. have to get surgery at some point if you're not singing properly. So the fact that he's actually like maturing with his vocal sound. The stage is one of their favorite albums ever yeah, written. as it should be, because that's really where they really finally moved into that direction they've been wanting to move into. Yeah, that grow up phase. Yeah, it's like, like, you know, hey, they had to move on from yeah, the rev. They yeah, had to. Moved and they, on from the rev. We're no longer like the party rockers. Yeah. we seven bullshit. Well, yeah, you're, you're, you guys are old enough. You're, you especially, like, you're old enough. Who the, hell, who, who the hell would have thought you'd get on MTV and see Bat Country on TRL? Oh, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, talk about un- Unholy Confessions, uh, getting ready for school. I was a teenager in the early 2000s. And going, getting ready for the bus, MTV2, head, head, oh, shit, Headbangers Ball. Unholy Confessions music videos just ripping. And you're like, what the shit is this? This is great. <laughs> and then, of course, by 05, Bat Country is just everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah, even like my friend's soccer mom was jamming that in her price for me. Yeah, right, it, it was, was ridiculous. It was good. And yeah. that, that album honestly caught a lot of hate. So we'll go back to John yeah. now. John, what would you say your top three tracks on your number one album would be for Avenged Sevenfold? On uh, no, number one. So all three tracks from City of Evil or three tracks yep. of all time? Three tracks, three tracks. Wow. Well, I mean, if you want to do all time, absolutely. Well, you're, you're I don't think I can do really three hard. on City of Evil. Wow. Yeah. But That's, this, this one's really hard, but I'll touch on one interesting thing because Whitney and I, like being in our 30s, 
it's interesting because like going through their discography, I, oh my God, if we lose Bauer again, I'm just going to lose my mind. But um, the interesting thing is Braden and like, if you're younger, you get to almost experience it slightly in a vacuum. Whereas like being a teenager, like I remember those times and everything. Mm -hmm. Like it was like 2010 was like a real hard year for me and everything. I was, I spent a year out in San Francisco. Terrible. Um, so nightmare was like a good stay over of like a good reminder of like home and stuff and everything. And of course, like when city of evil came out, I was 15. So it's like, just like old enough to actually be able to like go and drive with friends and like not have adults around and stuff. Like that's a huge pinnacle moment of like being able to like, you can actually go places without an adult knowing where you are and stuff. So I would say that I think that's very much why city of evil has like a special place in my heart. And it's one of those things that like, okay, so I might, this is going to be controversial. Um, it's really hard to pick just one, but I would say seize the day. That music video was just like, that's a great music yeah, video. Like original great story. And it was like early YouTube. So it's like you, at least for me, like having shitty internet, you just have to like wait for a long time for it to load. So it's like you had to build that momentum and stuff. So we can see this in 240p. Yeah. Oh now we yeah. got 1080p yeah. and, you know, yeah. 720. So, so that's what I would kind of say of like that music video. Music, a good music video can really pull me in and kind of sway my decision. Right. Absolutely. 100%. So that's the main thing. I've also seen songs where the music video was kind of terrible and it kind of turned my like, change your whole perspective yeah. and stuff when you just go for something random. So I would have to say, seize the day. And then, so in second place, so we're going top three songs, right? So in second place, we're going to go backcountry, beast in the harlot and sidewinder tied for second place. So I'm going to go a controversial way of my top three is going to be a bunch. That, that's I, that's so, fair. So I, I like that a lot. My, my, my third, the, so I like it kind of like the tier system, like the memes will do of like the S tier and stuff. S tier sees the day. And then like A tier yeah. would be Bat Country, Beast in the Harlot, Sidewinder. B tier would be, I would have to go with, this one's real hard, but Strength of the World, yeah. MIA. That's a good one. Betrayed. Trash and scattered. I like so, that one a yeah. lot. That one was fun to play on drums when I, when yeah. I like, was really big into drumming, man. The horse gallop. Uh, oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. So it's, it's so hard to pick just one because that album really is great. That's why I go back and forth because sometimes, like, you guys got me itching. I'm ready yeah. for mine. Yet yeah. it, yet it, yet oh, it, yeah, is so, it is so hated yeah. amongst. <laughs> dare I say, like metal boomers, you know, like a lot of people hate that album or did when it first came out. A lot of people hated that album. So I was yeah. really, I was really glad to hear uh, your take with your top threes or, you know, your top fives. And I understand it's so hard because each song kind of brings its own little dynamic thing, which is what mm -hmm. Avenged Sevenfold's always been so, so yeah. fucking good at. And yeah. it's, it's undeniable. They've always been great at doing that, that progressive sound, you yeah. know. Their, their roots stem from Prague, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you can really tell in those first, we'll say, well, I'm just going to say several albums. Their first several albums, you can really tell that that Prague sound, you know, 
really resonated into what the sound was. Um, so I guess Braden, then for you, you you seem to be itching. Let's hear it. What are your top three off of yours? Well, at number one, which will be a surprise to everybody, I have the Wicked End as number one on that album. I have the Wicked End at number one for that because, dude, it's you, you know you it's in your face. You know it's got a story to it, and then right in the middle, it's got the it literally. You're like it's like you're in a Tim Burton movie. It's like Edward Scissorhands, dude. It's literally so. Oh, I, it's just, you know, I can't escape that. Number two, I have MIA because the story is just, it's beautiful. It's sad. But at the same time, like the dueling guitar solos is like a story. It's them. That is him going to war. That is somebody going to war. That is somebody experiencing all the hell that, you know, war is. And then slows down at the end and it goes right back into the intro. And he talks about how. He's sorry for everything that he's done. He wish he could feel normal again. It's basically, you know, anybody who's served military time can probably relate to that. The hell that war is, you know. And uh, number three, I have Blinded in Chains. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, just, I just knew that that was going to be one of your top threes. Dude, the, uh, the Johnny Christ bass solo at the end. Wow. Something that I've always liked uh, about, I guess, Matt Shadows, uh, he's very, you know, pro-military, and yeah. it, it's in it's in critical acclaim. And Gunslinger. I guess you could compare it to Seize the Day. Uh, Dear God. Live in the LBC. Yes, Live in the LBC is a perfect shadows. example. Yeah. And, you know, and I like that, and just how you brought that up about MIA, MIA for the people that may not have heard that song. And that, it is I'm, very unique, and it is very emotional for those kind of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people had to also realize just how surprising it was to see Avenged Sevenfold at Warp Tour, where you have a bunch of bands where it's cool to hate on George Bush and everything. They have a, their American flag shirt that says, love it or die. And, like, people are wild for that stuff. Like, it was, oh, yeah. like, a real surprising, like, yeah. take exactly. when you have, like, no, no effects. California. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, Orange County is notoriously conservative, but it yeah. surprised people. Like, so that was interesting seeing them compared to like NoFX and kind of all that punk scene and stuff. Those like that 05 to 08 when they're just like crushing it was just like yeah, it was it was yeah. honestly a sight to behold that I wish that I could have fully yeah. uh, been a part of. But kind of like you touched on earlier with like Braden, I'm only two years older than he is. I kind of had to see it from the uh, you know mm -hmm. for in the future, but dive into the past. You know what I mean? And go through my own little stints of everything. You know, and it, it's, it's, it really sucks that you missed it. But the, just the amount of things that I was able to, like, gather from the archives, dare, dare I say, to dig up <laughs> and read into, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been awesome. That's one of my favorite things about it. Yeah. Um, like, Brighton's takes are really great because it's almost like being young enough that, like, it's all in a vacuum because it all came out in a similar space of time, like, unless right. you, like, really remembered as, like, a kid and everything. Like, at 32, I can very clearly remember Waking the Fallen. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, I suspect at 22, you don't remember Waking the Fallen yeah. the same way. Absolutely. And so and that's, that's exactly what it is. So it gives this technical thing. Whereas, like, I didn't like the stage until king pete over there made me re-listen to it and when you listen to it with fresh eyes it actually isn't a spectacular album yeah 
Yes, but like, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it, that's why. But was, at the time, I'm like, this voice sounds different. I don't yeah. like this. Like the revs, you don't have the revs touch. It feels like it's like not. There's something off about this album. Yeah. Everybody will always miss the revs backings, man. Yeah, and they yeah. will. And yeah, as 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 fans, you know, of the group, it's hard to move on from it. But you know, just like uh, Mash Shadows has said it himself, you know, uh, that that album was a it was a grow up album. It was time to move on. They thought they found their forever with Aaron Illa J, who did the Hail to the King, and it wasn't. They wanted to go towards a different uh, route, and you know that that was really their you know time to grow up we got to move on from the rev unfortunately we can still care for him and love him but you know we got to go so witty we'll go to your top three from yours man uh yeah so you know john and i totally feel each other on this where you know being a teenager in this area era of waking the fallen city of evil self-title nothing's gonna ever come close to like that you know but then again of course with life man you mature you get older you develop different tastes and styles Mm -hmm. and shit like so oh yeah uh it, it's hard to pick favorite songs from you know anything after nightmare or even nightmare itself because the time i was at in my life whenever those albums came out i was just in such a different headspace and i was just thrown in a different direction so anytime somebody says what are your favorite events seven full tracks i'm always going back to those three albums uh definitely whenever we talk about subtitle you got to go with scream you know that's that one did of the riff yeah, mm-hmm. and then just that open, it, you know, you hear them shadows coming through, and even live at LBU too. Yeah, it's really you, you good. Can't, you and can't the groove, the bass line, yeah. and the drums, yeah. and everything, it all just is so, like, so, so good. I have, I'm going to go grab some water, boys. Have fun. Yeah. But, like, you know, you got, like, Scream, Almost Easy, you know, what else? Seize the Day, like John said. I've been at different points in my life where I thought Seize the Day was like, oh, this is what this song was written for, is this emotion. But then another event happened. Mm-hmm. four years down the road and i'm like wait this is what this song is for this event that song can just grow with you as you get older and go through different uh time periods in your life but there's nothing that will just hit like there's three albums to me personally you, i've gone across many different like ipods iphones android phones cds burn cds and shit like that and regardless one of those songs from those three albums has always been always made it those made things have there. always just carried with me throughout my life and whenever the stage dropped yeah i didn't really like it at first but like john said going back with fresh ears and eyes you know you kind of matured with it. you like learned you're like See yeah, it from it, a new perspective exactly. in a sense. yeah it's, it's time to move on yeah you know, like they're not going to be critical acclaim they're not going to be self-titled just like i'm never going to be 15, 16, yeah, exactly. breaking into houses, yeah. you know, yeah. sandwiches. So. Exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point that uh, I think it's ignored within our, our tastes as, uh, you know, humans. Like, right, because how many people do that to us all the time? Like, oh, bring me the horizon, like we were talking about. They don't sound like they're used to. Right? Yeah. This bear never sound the same. And They the don't player, need to. They're doing their exactly. own thing. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, no shit, they're never going to sound the same. Yeah, and you know what? The stats carry over for a lot of those topics that prove that it's worked Correct. as well. And as listeners, we either can grow with it, be open to it, or we just don't like it. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. We are all entitled to our own little taste and everything. And that's really you know cool. A lot of John, you want to say yeah. something? Yeah. I mean, that the thing is that's always interesting to me is like, I mean, we hit on it before that idea that once something hits mass appeal, it's just not as cool. And I'd say, 
I think a part of that's what kind of affected the perception of City of Evil because it was everywhere. And suddenly we have, there is a good portion of people who suddenly, if, if everyone kind of likes something, they're like, this kind of sucks. And you're like, what yeah. are you talking about? City of Evil's a great album. And it's that same thing of like, I know I probably, teen me would have been very surprised by this, but like, I mean, I told him, like, I went to Orange Theory the day after we had a podcast and we talked about it. And I walked in and they're playing Hail to the King. And then later, Almost Easy came on. And I was like, it was weird to be like, this is objectively good music. Like, everyone's kind of enjoying this mm -hmm. and stuff. And I think there is that part of people that I think as you get older, you actually like when other people appreciate what you like. But there's a portion of, I think there's like, part of maturing is realizing that like someone can like something slightly less than you like it. And that's okay. Whereas like when you're younger, you're like, no, I like this, like, this yeah. is me. And it's like, it's this idea, this kind of silly analogy I was thinking. And I wanted to tell King Pete about this of like, it's essentially like the way some people are about bands. It's like, if you tell someone, Hey, I like your wife. I think she's a nice person. And if you were like, you're not married to her. You're not a real fan. You're like, what are you talking about? You could be a passive fan and stuff like you don't have. And people all the time, they're like, if, unless you're like married to this idea, you're not a real fan. And you're like, everyone has those levels of fan. And I think that's the interesting part of thinking about that, that there was those moments where suddenly when something becomes too mainstream, suddenly people are like, this sucks and but they don't do that about anything else like no one did that with the halo series once that really broke through and hit the mainstream you didn't have people be like halo 2 sucks it's like no, halo 2 is amazing yeah. like don't you dare say anything about halo 2 halo 3 oh my gosh, that was the perfect comparison yeah. 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 About Guardians, yeah. like that. that was actually such a perfect comparison i love that john yeah. So I just had to interject that because I was like, that's how I feel about it. I'm like, no one's ever says Halo 2 sucks, but they'll say City of Evil sucks. Yeah, and I guess I'll interject like a little tad bit. Well, I'm not even going to interject. I'm going to um, gallop off of what Matt said about how, like, the like just the time in your life uh, kind of changed your perspective on that song or this song. It's cool because – and when he said that, like – the light bulb in my head clicked. I'm like, dude, honestly, it's, it's a time machine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It brings you back to where you Straight were up. in that moment when you heard it. And it's like, even though you're in a really good place or a really bad place, whatever it is, you go back to where you were when you hear that, you know, that tune, that, that select Easy, song. Yeah. And it's really, yeah. it's really cool. It, um, yep. If you look at it like that. So I guess I'll, I'll uh, finish with, I guess what my top three would be off of. Um, I'm just going to say the self-titled. Uh, you know, because my favorite ever Event Sevenfold song is not on an album, actually. So that's fine. But um, mine would be No Specific Rank, Little Piece of Heaven, Afterlife, Bronson Cocktail. Mm. Afterlife. Guitar solo, best guitar solo I've ever heard. Don't care. Uh, to me, that's the best guitar solo I've ever I heard. I will argue with you that, but we won't do it right now. That's okay. Um, I love it. I love the sweet picking. It's It, yeah. it almost, it, like, it's so everywhere, but it fits into the song. And then you got the little gallop that leads into it on the rep, on the drums with the rev. I just love mm -hmm. everything about that song. Bronson Cocktail. It's literally about being on deathbed, getting yeah. lethally injected. Interesting. Very cool song. Love the groove feel of it. And then a little piece of heaven. The rev. Back to him. We're going to go right back to him. Dude, he wrote that full song. He wrote all almost easy. 
the, the guy's creativity within this band was just something that I think is undershadowed a lot by the people that sit on the outside and are kind of fans. Not huge fans, but they're like, oh, you know what? Like, you know, I really like Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, well, did you know that their drummer completely tracked a song without anything else except the drums and just one taped it and was right. like, hey, guys, let's, let's make a song out of this. Like, no, that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So a little piece of heaven. The only band that I think that could make a song about having sex with a dead carcass and make it just, (laughs) it's amazing. The Rev's creepy, creepy backing uh, singing on that song was great. It was uh, to be released as kind of like a Halloween EP. A lot of people don't know that. It was supposed to be released as like a Halloween EP. Brought it to the studio. They're like, you know, we got this mix. They're like, no, nah, this needs to go on that album. Yeah, dude. They're like, dude, you got to fucking release You got to put this on there, man. And it turned out to be one of their, literally their best songs. I, I, I will play that song. Yeah. We'll play it at a bar. I mean, heck, yeah. me and Woody have played it at a bar. And yeah. I was like, yo, I love this song. I, it's like, yo, thank you. Thank because you. no one else There's could rock that. I, I have friends uh, that live in Virginia now. And I grew up with uh, CJ. And CJ got married to Corey. They moved down to Virginia. Every time I see CJ, we always play a little piece of heaven. That's like our thing. And it always annoys like, his wife, Corey, being like, this song again? It's like, yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's, yeah, you have this. is how you start. This is how you end. It's you just such a, it's it. such a classic. And yeah. Braden, you, you brought it up with the one song. I cannot remember what you said. It gives like that Tim Burton feel. The and Wicked it, uh, Like that that whole song. Yeah. Danny feel, Elfman. Yeah. Like yeah. it really gives like that Tim Burton. Burton feel yes i I don't know that's just even though it's their you know their most mainstream album and like oh you know i'm gonna get slack oh you like their most popular shit dude fuck you (laughs) the stats the stats prove that it's one of the better ones and that's okay i'm entitled my opinion you're entitled to yours and the mixing on that song alone it's brilliant because like I'm a person, when I listen to Avenged Sevenfold, I listen to everything, man. I listen to every duel that they have. And in that, you can literally hear the circus. Like, how the hell do you fit that in a freaking metal song, man? Yeah, their ability to layer and, like, just add in, you know, uh, sounds, um, backtracks, vocals, choirs, whatever. They've done a very good job of producing great uh, albums, you know. And it's just like that song is – that's what I would tell somebody to listen to if they wanted to get it into Eventful. I'd be like, yo. Starting with the self-title. You, yeah, yeah. Like you, you should check that one out, you know, because if you like what's on this one, you're going to like the rest of what you yeah, see man. from them. Because the self-title is just the greatest hits album. Yeah. Like I said earlier. It really <laughs> is. And yeah. It was an album of singles. Yes. Just yeah. amazing. And, John, you and I have touched on this. Uh, when it comes to like getting our like friends that are not so much into you know this genre, you know you don't want to start them off with, uh, you know a song off of Waking the Fallen, right? Yeah. You wouldn't think because some people don't like the screamy screams, whatever. But then you play anything off that self-titled album, you can play almost anything, and I I, I really think it's an easy listen. It's an easy listen yeah, for those new people because it's such a like a genre bending album. You know, any band that can successfully evolve that sound and snowball more genre. Yeah, into that music consistently, buddy. That's hugely significant. Yeah, you know, and bands at this time, like what, oh three to like oh seven, mm-hmm. find me one. You know, like I guess maybe Coheed was doing something similar, but nothing that was like brought to the mainstream. 
you know, and Avenged Sevenfold really never gave a shit if it was going to be on the radio because how many songs do you think they have that are under four fucking minutes? Not, <laughs> Dude, not many. Less than they're they're, like, they're, they're the perfect road trip band. They are yeah. the perfect fucking road trip band to just yeah. throw an yeah. album on. And by the time the album's done, you're either you've been there for 30 minutes or yeah. you're two minutes away. Exactly. Man. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like one of the one of the most unique catalogs. And it's funny that you say that because it's like Metallica is that same band when it yeah. comes to name a song that's under eight minutes long or six minutes yeah. long. You know what I mean? You can't. But, you know, but that was all great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like almost easy clocks in at 355. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's uh, mind blowing. Like the radio. Yeah. But absolutely. you go through so much, like Braden said, in that three minutes and 55 seconds. And now you come to like exist where it's like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. 15 up. minutes of just yeah. like, yeah, buckle up yeah. and get ready for this. Yeah. Because that is a effort. song that I think was, I think it was needed. That genre needed like that techno, like the, like it's just, it's so everywhere and it has every single genre of music yeah. in it. Yeah, man. Easy. You know, they've, they've constantly just broken barriers. They've broken genres since their inception of sounding the seventh trumpet. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it, that's why, like, I never placed Sounding the Seventh so high on my list because that's more of just like the one-off. Yeah, you know, like their metalcore, yeah. screamo. Whatever. It's like hardcore. It's yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah, had they done more albums like that, I'm sure Sounding the Seventh would be top three. Yeah, but they did they Sounding the Seventh. So yeah, they tried the emo years. look, but then you get a guy like M Shadows, who's like six four and built like a brick shit house. Yes, and he was black with his hair swoopy. I was like, bro, you're not going to be like, you're not, you're not, us. <laughs> yeah. you're not that. I understand. You know? And the brotherhood him and Sin have of dating the twin sisters, man. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, I feel like that's a little weird, but that's just me, though. So. I, 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 the thing that I liked so much about them was just the the ability to be literally just best friends. Yeah. Honestly, throughout high school and everything, and then just create what they did with it. And I think that's why it was so tough with the Rev, because they didn't lose a bandmate. They lost a fucking brother, man. Yeah, Yeah, that dude's at your house every night, every night hanging out. You guys are kicking over trash cans together. You know, you just, you don't, you don't replace that, you know. You can't. You just have to move forward with it, unfortunately. Exactly. It's, It's like a lot of reflection on our personal lives, too. Like, we've all lost somebody that was our Rev. Mm-hmm. and then especially like the older you get you know somebody that you thought you're going to be with till you were 60 70 it's now gone. yeah it's and then it's like, how do, and how that's do I what i love them? about them they uh like every time they do a live concert they will never have somebody else sing the revs backing vocals yeah. they will always 100 no matter what play his backing vocals yeah. over the loudspeakers which i mean you can't you can't have somebody sing those parts his voice was so unique dude yeah, it was. It was almost. Yeah. It's almost a voice that you wouldn't think would be. It's like, an, it's angelic. It really yeah. is. Yeah, it's and it, like his his like creepy laughs that yeah. he has. His <laughs> voice, like, yeah. ad libs within yeah. the songs. You know, it's really you know they're little hidden Easter eggs. You know, for certain people, but like it's just it was very unique because you wouldn't think somebody that had a voice like that would have such an impact while on riding the kit yes he could do that all live yes you know? and it's extremely <laughs> hard to sing and drum yeah guys mastodon does it pretty well yes mastodon does it very well well i got a question for you guys do you guys i want to know if you guys have a top five all time not just singular album because my number one would surprise the hell out of everyone well let's hear it my number one is the art of subconscious illusion and that's off of sounding the seventh trumpet. That is like freaking 
mosh everywhere all day everywhere man <laughs> i would have never guessed that yeah, actually never, i would have never guessed it never was coming off the sound of the seventh trumpet yeah but it's actually it's funny because like even though we have like our our top songs or whatever off of you know x album or yeah. a, a select couple it's like my my favorite one is honestly i'm not ready to die yes yeah. dude, they that's did it so dead for call of duty one of the biggest yep. game franchises ever do you guys know matt shadows was one of the creators of call of duty mobile what i know i, I know. actually i have heard that i know they yeah. had a mobile game yeah, yeah i have I heard know. that actually yeah, yeah matt Shadows. he's very tight with the guys down there at Trey. Well, he's yeah. actually he's, he's actually very yeah, like, active um, mm-hmm. like amongst most uh i guess musicians when it comes to like social media platforms. well they got that nft stuff and they're yeah. like in the meta like, and yeah. all that if yeah, you're gonna touch on that nft yeah. thing and like the whole like it's uh, a cool concept if you're like a big what fan. Is, a lot of shit's cool concepts what's, <laughs> yeah, what's, the, club? what's the club called the like, death bats club yeah that's what it is you know it's simple but like you know yeah. it's, even that like, you know there's money to be made there um but yeah, but that's not what it's about. Please, please, for the love of God. No, no I know. I'm just saying, like, adding in, like, you know, you, there's yeah. there's stuff that, you know, that can uh, come off of that and stem off of it, which is awesome. So, you know, just for you guys that, you know, may want to judge all of our, uh, you know, picks for our um, top albums, I have uh, some things I want to read off here. So we have, uh, honestly, the one that stayed on the billboard the longest, top 100. Was uh, the self-titled stayed on there for 77 weeks? It came in at number four. It peaked for a couple weeks at number four. Then we got um, would have been Nightmare had the most mainstream success with a couple weeks in the number one. Stayed on it for 72 weeks. But here's a fun fact, and I thought this was interesting. Hill to the King mm-hmm. was on the top 100 for the same amount of time that Nightmare was, and only. Five weeks less than the self-titled, and that's an album that yeah is not you know very well um, I guess respected with them yeah. in a sense in a sense you know it, you know it's got its yeah. it's got its own flavoring to it. Yeah. Uh, the stage came in three weeks or I'm sorry, fifteen weeks at number three. Uh, you know, which for an album that did like no promotion exactly no just came out. That's why I loved it, dude. Pretty yeah. pretty impressive to say the least. Yeah. We'll do City Evil, 30, came in at number 30, was on for 15 weeks in the top 100, and then Waking the Fallen. So this is this is what surprised me when I when I when I dug into this. Five weeks was how long that that was on the top 100. Well, you got to remember the era that that album was released in, man. But, but, so many so, bands. And this is where I wanted to gallop off of that statement. For so many people that gave City of Evil so much shit, when they came out after Waking the Fallen, when we look at the numbers and how it commercially did, commercially, we'll just say commercially, we'll use it softly, how that album, City of Evil, did versus Waking the Fallen, and then you had all those people that are like, ah, oh, fuck Avenged Sevenfold. Man, like, the numbers, you know, they didn't lie. So it was, it was, it was interesting yeah. because, to me, I would have thought, personally, Waking the Fallen would have been on the top 100 a lot longer, had a much more mainstream success, mm-hmm. which it really didn't. Yeah. Well, City that? of Evil, uh, they were struggling to even sell that album because everybody fucking hated it so much. They wanted to pull it off the shelves, but Matt was like, "Nah, we got to." I know and you, it blew up. You're absolutely right, and that's yeah. what like that's what excuse me, that's what killed me about that one specifically was just like so many people like 
came off of that album uh, after like giving it some time to, I guess, hate on it, and then grew to really appreciate it later for what it was, that different sound that Avenged Sevenfold gave us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a cool little fact that I found to be uh, pretty, quite interesting, to be honest with you. It is. It is very interesting. But I remember John Bright as dude, 2005, you had, you know, a bunch of albums releasing that year that, of course, City of Evil had a hard time living up to. Absolutely. Kanye West, the registration, From Under the Cork Tree, Fallout Boy, The White Stripes came out with something. Oh, like, just Google 2005 album releases. You understand why City of well, Evil was so hard, like, like, was hard to like, keep climbing up there and why it was so shit on because some people were just like, well, Fallout Boy. Because I, you, you guys remember Fallout Boy. Yeah. Like, just, Jesus Christ, Sugar Were Going Down was everywhere because it was such a like a quick three minute radio friendly teeny bopper. Everyone can get on board with a song. Then you play City of Evil, and who the hell is going to want to listen to like Beast and the Harlot for like what, six, seven minutes in their car? Yeah, you know, or on the radio, like it just—it was hard to compete with the other albums at that time. I'm actually really thankful you brought that up. Now that like gives me like a whole different, uh, like perspective into the rest of them. Yeah, you know, to where the rest of those albums stacked up. Yeah. you know, I, I didn't go into as deep as like where what 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 uh top albums, top artists came out with songs that year or albums, whatever. So that was actually and the best oh, yeah. part about that is is like all the bands you just mentioned. Those that was M. Those were MTV bands. So that's like when yeah. you saw Bat Country on MTV, you're like, what the fuck is yeah, put on green day put on american idiot i want to hear yeah. that it's like come on bro. when, when they yeah. actually well that was when mtv actually played music we unfortunately don't get that anymore until yeah, we get 16 and pregnant now. yeah yeah rob deard action now anyways sorry um <laughs> john was that, was that your chanel west Coast? <laughs> yeah, i don't even know how it was wasn't bad john um where would you kind of like to stem off of with uh you know going from i guess our, our top songs off of our favorite albums where, you know, where they ranked up, you know, what's something that you want to get off? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's so hard to like, what, once again, ranking them was really hard. Yeah. And, stuff. and I think yeah. it's one of those things that it it's interesting because there was a lot of really great albums in 2005 mm-hmm. at the time, but I would say, City of Evil is one of the only albums I still really listen to consistently from 2005. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, there was a lot going on, and I think the staying power was super important. Like that variety, and realistically, and I mentioned it before. Like, I think our first episode is City of Evil because it came out when I was 15. It's like it's a lot like losing your virginity. You're always going to remember it. Like, you're always going to remember that. Like whether or not like it was like the best time of your life, like that could be debated and stuff. But after like, really, I mean, that whole album, the self-titled was really amazing just because everything about that was good. And the fact that it had such commercial success was interesting of like the whole album was great. And really realistically, almost easy isn't really even the best song. It just happens to be under four minutes. Like, yeah. that's the funniest part. Like, that yeah, was that their, like, token like, song. That it's is, like, like, yeah, that's the radio one right like, there. Like, which is weird because a lot of bands will intentionally, I feel like, shorten their songs because they want everyone to hear it. They're like, this yeah. will get on the radio. So you might trim out a bridge. You might skip a second chorus. The jam-along version of Almost Easy. I hate it. It's, <laughs> it's, it completely cuts out Sin Sola. 
Yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, overall, like they were incredibly talented musicians and we've touched on it before. What was surprising or what made them so revolutionary is they were one of the few bands like at the time that before playing Warped Tour and stuff, they wouldn't get drunk. They wouldn't get really high. They didn't smoke. They like wanted to do a good job for their audience. And live at LBC is perfect. That's yeah. perfect. Oh yeah. We're going to talk about Just that. Just amazing. Yeah, but, but it was interesting because there were a lot of bands at the time who weren't necessarily very good live from that same era mm -hmm. that was just kind of like, they were just like, screw it. We're going to party and everything. Like sometimes like my chemical romance had their good times, but some, they had some shows that were just kind of mediocre oh, yeah. or like not that exceptional. Yeah. And that was the interesting thing is to realize how much they cared about their audience and the audience experience. Like that I think is something that will always make them stand out is the fact that they, it wasn't, they like most bands kind of like green day and so many bands reached this point of success that they didn't have to keep trying because yeah. they had made it like so many bands you actually you can see it's almost like a bell curve they hit that really good album then they just kind of like taper off like recently literally one of the worst songs i've ever heard recently was like green day's new stuff father of all or whatever oh, all like yeah just literally legitimately a terrible terrible song and it was played around places. Like I yeah. couldn't understand it. When someone told me that it was Green Day the first time I heard it, I was like, why? And it was played <laughs> because it's Green Day. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the interesting part is to realize like I would say what makes Avenged Sevenfold iconic is the fact that they never coasted. Like the yeah. stage, I was hard on it at the time, but looking back, the stage was a phenomenal app. That's right. right. And stuff. And they kept that up, which is crazy when you actually think about it, of the stage coming out of 2016, that's 15 years after Waking the Fallen and like still putting it out there yeah. and stuff. Like I think that this their staying power will always be remembered. And that was, the thing is like, they were one of those bands that the rev did pass away, but like they had hit their success before that. It wasn't one of those things where they ever wrote that and stuff. Like they kept going on. And I think that to lose your heart and to keep going is crazy mm -hmm. and stuff to lose your soul and keep going is crazy. So I, that's why to me, their staying power will always be incredible because they care about their audience. And they also, they were like family to each other. It's not oh, dude, I'm like itching fought. for that new album, dude. I, yeah. I just, I literally yeah. cannot <laughs> wait for it. Yeah. So that, that's, that's where I would go. It's like, it's interesting hearing your all's perspective of like, Woody and I are very much on the same page of like being I don't know what year were you born? 90. 90. Yeah. I was born 1990. It's weird because like you all will, I, I feel bad for both of you. It's the fact that like Witty and I got to experience the best era to be a teenager for music yeah. possibly ever. I would yeah. have like, killed to grow up with Pearl Jam. Yeah. Man. You're really like, good. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing is to realize like you could go to shows like small shows that you didn't even really know about the artist. And then you find out later that they're like a huge band mm -hmm. and stuff. Cause like people would still do garage shows. They would do dive bars and everything. And later you'd be like, huh, like that was pretty cool and stuff like job for a cowboy, like black Dahlia yeah. murder. Like I remember seeing some of those bands without even knowing anything about them. Cause I was like 15 bucks. I'll do it. Yeah. Like I'll bite. And it's weird to look back. Yeah. Why not? What yeah. else do I do? Who wouldn't take a bite for 15 bucks? It's live music. 
And that's the weird thing is like very few shows are affordable anymore. And they're all typically bigger venues. I feel like so many times for like the same level of success in my mm-hmm. mind. So it was yeah, interesting. Yeah. And that, that has to a lot to do that. with like the, the scalpers mm-hmm. for these. Also Ticketmaster. We yeah. also, we got to like, the we got theme. to be teenagers before Ticketmaster and like yeah. all those awful companies came around that they were Pearl like, Pearl oh. Jam was the one that, yeah, oh, they were yeah. the forefront for that. That was Oof. that was that was beautifully articulated there, John, about how you touched on um, j- not just the 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 success that um, you know they they were able to carry over, and, you know you know most bands go here and then they just steady decline. You touched on something that I do not want to have uh, go underlooked or overlooked was the fact that like they strove for the best sound that they could for their fans at all times and they just continue to progress and maybe not in some people's favorite you know ways but they still progressed each uh way in the sense of writing new stuff this and that and this will bring us perfectly right in to the live in the lbc show that they had years ago that was <laughs> 2008 yes yeah, so around that timeline man that was and Braden can vouch for me that was yeah. something that i listened to every single night where i fell asleep yeah and every back back to the day. live thing we get we get up we get upscaled stuff now baby so what yeah. we watched back in the day we get to see even better man yeah and it's just like the you know we'll just take one specific song from that one for me i guess critical acclaim the Great. famous scream in the beginning that we get from Matt Shadows is very unique. Stream. Sets the tone, man. Sets the tone, yeah. but it's not only a, a – it's just perfectly executed live, right? And then the rest of the band, you can tell they all flow off of one another. And second heartbeat, there's a there's a stir-up and Sinister Gates guitar playing. Oh, you and I used to go nuts that he fixed that so He messes quickly. it up, and guess what? doesn't matter. He gets right into the – freaking sweet picking and everything and you're just like yo okay that that's where i was like okay not only have i always liked this band since i you know i found out about them their live capabilities they're perfectionists yeah it was something it was unlike anything i've ever seen before for my young 15 to probably 17 year old self where i watched Mm -hmm. that literally every day and listened to them every single day to the point that i wore it out and then i still go back to it and i'm still listening to it and now my brother listens to it till he wears it out. You know, it's just like that, that whole like live in the LBC. That was like my favorite, like aspect. You can't wear out a red sevenfold, baby. In, in, in music for me, because it made me realize how much I truly appreciated a perfected sound yeah. quality live. Yeah. It, it's honestly one of the better live albums I think I've heard, like probably top 15. Absolutely. One of my favorite live albums of all time. 100%. And that's not even a subjective thing that you said yeah. that like, it, it, I, I would say that that is a fact you yeah. take anybody that listens to that and it's compares up, it to anything yeah absolutely everyone's at their peak m shadows vocal peak revs drumming peak yep sin John. the backing the doling the the yeah. the syncopation it's yeah. just everybody came together on top of their game and it's just a fantastic album and it brings a, it brings a really cool flow with you got zaki and you got sinister you got a left-handed guitarist. You got a right-handed guitarist. Yeah. When they're dueling on the stage, back to back, 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 to back, back yeah. And it's just such a beautiful, well, you know, flow. 
it's it's one of those things too where some people say Zachy is overshadowed by Sinister, you know, because Sinister's lead guitar, blah blah blah. But Zach really came through on that live album, showing like why he is the backbone. Oh yeah, that, dude, Zach is genuinely one of the best left-handed guitarists yeah. of all time. If you can keep up with Sin Gates, dude, yeah. you have a spot on the list. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, he, the whole first like, album oh, was just Zachy. People that say they're he's overshadowed, just yeah, like what Greg said, listen to the first album and like listen to the live album and watch their shows. You can yeah, up, like, yeah, they, they do an excellent, excellent job. Uh, live shows, yeah, guys. If uh, you would ever want to check out, definitely start with live in the LBC. You get the full feel of the rev, you get the full feel of the whole entire band, how they work together, and it's just it's such a great stage presence. Great stage show. And like I said before, you guys get it upscaled. Me and Cameron didn't have that luxury growing up. We were watching on what 360? I don't even yeah. know. Dude. Now they like remastered it, remastered <laughs> the whole audio. Yeah, it's nice. We had to watch on bootleg fucking VHS tapes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just like that was one of my, my one of my first uh, ever actually it was my first ever live band that I've ever seen it was actually Metallica. I had uh, one of their VHS tapes that my dad had. I can't remember like, what the name was, but it was like the making of the Black Album. Yeah. Well, yeah, Dad, I remember he had that. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. either way, I got to see Metallica play in front of that crowd in Moscow, Harvester oh, yeah, Sorrow, right. yeah. and I was like, "Wow, yeah, yeah. like this, this is awesome." That was the first ever band that I've ever watched live, not there in person, but you know, on video where it sounded good. And then I got to thank God I got to see. LBC live and I would have died to see that uh, show personally. John, go ahead. There, there are some of those shows that you would die to see live. Of That's like what, like a show that like I watched would be because you briefly touched on them. That would be amazing, amazing to see in person. Would have been Bring Me the Horizon at the Royal Albert Hall with yeah. the whole orchestra, the whole everything. And I think that kind of touches on. A thing that like sometimes people get irritated when bands start to get big and add a ton of elements mm -hmm. of like it was i feel like that kind of impacted a bit of avenge sevenfold of like too much yeah. going on in people's minds they're like oh they like that kind of like basement metalcore sound of like whereas like to get crisper and that technicality to like really get to master your craft once again it's kind of that theme of like to be really good live and to have put on a good live show was really incredible to be able to see that because we've all seen like concert videos that are just not very good and you're yeah. always like why why did you guys pick this show to record like are, is this is this the best live show you've ever been able to pull off or was this just like you guys recorded on a wednesday and we're like screw it this is our live album <laughs> yeah whereas like those bands that you were could actually see that experience of like seeing how it's all together and be able to pull that off without like messing things up or without having it sound bad, but also still having that unique live sound mm -hmm. and everything. It was just incredible. But I had to shout out the Royal Albert Hall with Bring Me the Horizon. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's dude, great, when great that comes on and the whole like the whole thing, you're like, that's impressive and everything. And I think I think we're kind of lucky of like witty and i got to really experience peak music elitism of people just randomly shitting on bands for no reason because it was just like it's too cool now so i just don't like it and everything which is bizarre because i had friends who were kind of hipstery about things like that who would then still like bands like the white stripes which were everywhere and i just couldn't understand i was like certain things you're like why 
<laughs> like you still like Kurt Cobain, but you think this band is doing too well at what they're doing, so you don't like it anymore? It's like, for one, let's not even get we can't get back on the Kurt Cobain question. Thank you. It's like, was he a good musician? Like God bless was he really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's so that's what I would say. It's just like their yeah. talent. The There's people that talent. say he's the best left-handed guitar. Like, get the fuck yeah. out of here, dude. <laughs> like, if yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll actually allow that opinion if you're a deaf person. Like, you If you don't have working ears, you can't have that opinion. Like, it, it's literally Pearl Jam and then as low as you can go, Nirvana. Well, how do you feel about Soundgarden? Oh, I love sound. Well, I okay. just love Chris Cornell. Okay. Chris Cornell. That... We'll, we'll do a we'll do a grunge episode. Oh, we'll we should we, we should actually because that Chris Cornell yeah. of like there are so many good songs and stuff that he did. Absolutely, which and is a covers. side yeah. And, yeah, yeah, like nothing covers. compares to you. So perfect. We're talking about the Rev passing away, like the Rev's death. One of the to me most hardest hitting deaths of a musician for my age. You know, him, Chris Cornell, Mac Miller. You know, those are like three musicians that I'm just like, those really stung. Yeah. Super, and super bad. For, for you guys. For Bennington and Chris Cornell, for me personally. Like, yeah, I remember yeah. the day Chris Cornell died. Like, you can't believe. It was what? Yeah. I think I was 15, 16 years old outside. It was a nice day. And it was like one of the nicest days. And yeah. it just didn't feel like it after I heard that. And that, that's how it was for me with the Rev. I remember Hibby shot me a message. I woke up to it. He's like, the Rev died. And I was like, shut up. Dude. And this is kind of like back before like Twitter was a big thing and you could just get on there and search Rip as trending. I had to like dive into socials and like really figure, find out. Like, oh my God, like Jimmy Sullivan passed away. Man. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's one of those things for like me, for example, I kind of, uh, you know, I hate to admit, but I kind of found out about it after it already kind of happened, you know? Uh, it, it's it, like, oh, this guy's pretty good. What's he up to? Yeah. Oh, and shit. it's kind of like, it almost kind of happened in a way, like, before I even knew. And it, it like, it, it sucks and it hurts. And uh, to, to touch on uh, Witty's Mac Miller for, uh, you know, anyone watching, you, you know, it's a totally different genre, but he's uh, homegrown from Pennsylvania, from Pittsburgh. Uh, big, big uh, guy in, uh, in our state, that's in part, our that's area. part of my teenage years. You know, and that's. That was something uh, I wanted to definitely touch on, but it's kind of like back to, I guess we'll go back to that like live flow. You know, to this day, if you could still see, you know, if you have a chance to see Event Sevenfold, are you going to see them? Yeah. Yes, like without a doubt, hundred percent. Because, well, exactly, because their perfectionism has carried over throughout each, you know, different kind of life cycle. Uh, right. of the albums i guess the last two albums that we've got and as what he talked about the stage the maturity that they showed like they showed that maturity it makes you it makes you want to see them live it makes you yeah. see it makes you want to see like what they have to offer still because clearly you know the stage showed that they're still musically there you know they still yeah. want to produce brilliant music they still now it may not be what all the fans want but it's what they want and that's what's important in music is yeah. it's about the artists not the people that are listening and that's why I love them because it's not a fuck you to the fans it's a hey like if you know the true diehard fans want to ride along with this awesome listen to this but we don't care if you don't like it cuz we love it right and it's like what we were all touching on to that perfectionism like John touched on a little bit earlier like whenever they were no names you know 
second stage of warp tour or some shit. I'm like, dude, like they still brought that energy mm -hmm. with them. And that energy, of course, carries over with them to these big arena shows, etc. So some people that say like, oh, they sold out because their shows, their showmanship on stage is so grand. It's like, yeah, no shit. I would. Yeah, they're selling out arenas, man. Yeah, exactly. I would. I would. As wanna, they should. I would want to pay for the experience as well as seeing them. Like, if I wanted just to see them, yeah, I'll pay like you know fifty bucks and go see them at the Ultra Bar or some shit. Yeah. That place is definitely back up. Yeah. But now, like a hundred, hundred twenty bucks for a ticket. Yeah, you're gonna go see them perform, but everything else you get with that. Yeah, you're getting a you're getting a full a full stage show, full light effects. Yeah. Pyro. That, the whole thing you're getting the whole together. thing with yeah. that you know it's like you know that meme where like women invent time machines and go back and see their great grandma yeah and men want time machines to go back to like 2008 yep yep yeah. or you know in one of my cases as well to go see uh bring me the rise and live at royal albert hall yeah, and lbc way. is right there if i had a, same with lincoln I, park for me i'd kill to go see lincoln park yeah I, that was definitely on my bucket list unfortunately you know Chester. I had tickets suffering. to go see them, but they canceled their show. Oh, really? Yeah. Way back in like 2010, 2000. Dude, I spent $400 on tickets to go see Pearl Jam with uh one of my brother's buddies' oh. buddies uh, at TV. Madison Square Garden, and then COVID happened, and I, yeah. I still haven't covered recovered from that. Uh, you know, I got my money back. Crazy. For, for me, the, the price number of a ticket for a band like Event Sevenfold, how much they've impacted me personally. Uh, I don't care if it's 500 bucks. I don't care if it's 1500 bucks. I don't care if I got to take a goddamn loan out of $20,000 to go see them. That is, that is a band that emotionally for me has done so much. It, it's provided such a unique, um, a technicality, create creativeness for my own writing style, for my own drumming. I drum just like the rev, uh, that like, you do. Yeah. No matter what, like, that dude's always going to somehow impact me. That band, like, it doesn't matter. You can't, I cannot put a price tag on what I'm willing to spend to see them. And I'm, ex I'm super excited for when they are announcing, you know, a, a full tour of this new album that's up and coming. Eventually, whenever that comes out, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to reviewing it. I'm looking forward to talking about it, diving into it. Um, but just for me, it's like, for, for me, like, to add on to what you said, Brandon, about how you spent $400 to see them, I, I'm a firm believer I'll spend whatever it takes for me to go see something because my life, your life, John, Witty, Braden, all of it, none of it's guaranteed. We don't, we don't get the luxury of knowing when our, when our end is. So yep. if I know that I can see them, and yeah, sure, I might be hurting for money, but I'm going to do whatever I can to go see that because they impacted me in such a beneficial way. And I mean – if I ever feel like I have to, if I ever literally feel like I have to fucking cry, I, I, like I just need to get a cry out. I'll listen to so far away and I will fall. I swear. That's me with day, fiction. I would. It, I, I would. And, Ooh, and that fiction. song for me, it has to do with the rev as well as, you know, the loss of my grandfather, which was my first major, you know, loss of my life, whatever. doesn't matter. Whatever. I, that band is so emotionally, uh, I'm so emotionally attached to. So, I don't care how much money I got to put forth to see something like that. You know, right. that, that's where I've always stood. And that's why, um, you know, you got to live it. You got to live every day. It's kind of like it's your last because you never know when you're going to get that opportunity. Exactly, again. man. You know, and that's real passion that you have for this group, which I told some friends I was coming on this podcast. King, listen, smash that subscribe And they're like, <laughs> oh, Ben Sevenfold is so overrated. And it's like, bro, what do you mean? <laughs> like, yeah, right. Like, 
to me, that's just such like a cop answer. Yeah. They're not overrated because that just tells me you don't actually understand that time period or what they continue to do as a group. Exactly. You just don't see too many artists out there doing this. Exactly. Continuously. Yes. Year after year. It's just ridiculous. So while some people say they are overrated, they probably need to get their head checked. Well, you know. People are weird about things, though. A slight crossover. I just, I was thinking about this and had to get it out there. Is one thing that was sad to me is almost easy. The music video came out. Matt's wearing his sunglasses and everything. It was Lincoln Park Transformers too. Yeah, Lincoln Park comes out with what I've done, and um, Chester's has almost the same outfit. People are so shitty to Lincoln Park because they thought yeah. he was copying. Avenged Sevenfold at the time, but yeah. looking back, you're like, that sucks. Like, it's interesting to realize, like, oftentimes you have, for one, nothing's guaranteed in life, but also you realize that, like, these artists are humans too and stuff. Like, I remember yeah, yeah. people just acting like Chester was a machine, like, just yeah. a content machine. Like, he's just there to, like, you know, make yeah. music for us. And it's like, no, he was super sad. Like, those interviews leading up to before he passed away are just, like, heartbreaking when people are like, do you really feel like this? And he was like, yeah, like, he's trapped. And everything so i think that was just a slight side tangent is i remember yeah, no, I being it. how terrible people were to lincoln park because of yeah. that what i've done music video and that's also an album the minutes to midnight that grew on me i wasn't necessarily the biggest fan at the beginning but now that album it's like definitely i'd still say pretty good all right fellas album. unfortunately i have to hop off i gotta why I, you I, promised I, us seven hours seven yeah. hours. I live here at home with my dad. My dad's heading to bed, so. All right, well, give us the final thoughts, Brandon. Let's hear yeah, let's, yeah, let's hear your exiting. Let's hear your exiting statement. Well, I will give you guys my uh, top five songs all time, personally, off every album. Number one, I have Art of Subconscious Illusion. Number two, I have Chapter Four. Number three, The Stage. Number four, Reminiscence. And number five, The Wicked End. Good stuff. That's a good list. Interesting to say the yeah. least. Not one single yeah. one's like a commercially right driven, was, known. I was really looking forward to ha- having like great inside of the stories because like his generation, his Avenged Sevenfold is more of like the state mm-hmm. nightmare, whereas John and I's is more City of Evil. Everything's like, more. Yeah, exactly. Just to like hear that perspective of it, like what his top tracks are versus John and I's. Yeah, man, I totally get it. So, I appreciate I you guys having me on. It was awesome talking yeah. to you guys. I'll Thank definitely so be much. following up with you guys. So Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Come back. thanks for joining, Brendan. Yeah, thanks appreciate for having it. me. Appreciate your input, buddy. Absolutely, guys. Have a good night. All right. We'll talk at you later. Sounds good, man. So next time when we have an Avenged Sevenfold thing, what we need to do is on the anniversary of the Rev's passing, we need to have an episode just called Remembered Sevenfold, and we're just going to do live directly to YouTube and just do seven hours of just <laughs> listening and just like doing whatever. Dude, I actually, I actually love that idea. Was it December 28th or something? Yeah. It'll be like yeah. a New Year's Eve thing, too. There's it's true. There's so many routes you can go with that. Like, you oh, could, like, is- you could get, like, I mean, I could play some songs on the drums. We could have, I do. Yeah, yeah, that could be. Because that's, that's what I want to do. Because I think, for one, this show is going to keep going up and everything. But I think that would be if we can start, like, getting more and more listeners and stuff. I think it would be great to just do, like, just a whole seven hours of maybe not live directly to YouTube because they're weird copyright things, yeah. which I've never understood because they'll allow those same songs in a vi- in a video later but they won't allow it like in a live stream which i don't i'm like can't your content id do the same work like 
But I think that would be amazing because it would be great if people need to realize that like, Cam, you're an amazing musician and stuff. So we definitely need to have you play stuff on the show. Oh, absolutely. Can you play? Can you play any Pinkly Smooth? Uh, I see. That's. (laughs) Are we still live? We're still live. We're still live. So I, I was really thinking that my brother was going to touch on this, and I know Matt will a little bit. I really expected him to bring out Pinkly Smooth. Yeah, that like little side project that I think the Rev and Rev Sin had. Sin, yep. Right, yeah, yep. the Rev and Sin had. I haven't dove deep into it whatsoever. It's a trip. Yeah, you know, I haven't dove into it whatsoever. I've heard, you know, snips and pieces, you know. But, you know, you, for one, uh, for anybody that doesn't know this, Matt, Matt's a good buddy of mine. Well, we share a lot of the similar music tastes. We're from the same town. Well, we always, you know, we talk back and forth, we chat. Same looks. Yeah. I can bench as much as he can. Yeah. <laughs> well, I uh, I reached out to him because every um, every year I usually do a drum cover of uh, an Avenged Sevenfold song that the rep played in. I do it every year um, uh, for, like, the day that he passed away. And he <laughs> called me crazy, but I, like, feel like I get, like, these magical powers. And I'm just, like, perfect in tune and on time with everything. So I, I reached out to him. I'm like, yo, man, you know, so this is what I do. What would you want to hear? Because I did it. I did it uh, last year. I think yeah. I sent you, what was it, Backcountry, a little piece of heaven? Backcountry. Back, back yeah. I sent it to him on my, like, electric kit. And uh, he brought up, uh, like, Brompton Cocktail, Scream, and then a couple Pinkly Smooth tunes. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I got to dive into that. Unfortunately, life gets in the way like it always As does it always for does. all of us. Yeah. So I, still, I wasn't able to actually get to it, unfortunately. But, yeah, yeah like. I, I still think. Hearing you do streets from sounding the seventh trumpet would be amazing. I got this. I'll do it. You know, there's always the drum covers of Afterlife and all those chart topping songs and shit like that. Doing something like sounding the seventh where that's not Lips of Deceit, you know, people be like, oh, who the hell's that? Yeah. The Rev. From what? Sounding the seventh. And then get them into that. Yeah. Would be very fun. There, yeah. You're absolutely 100% right. And to add on to the sounding the seventh trumpet track, that he'd like to hear it would be really fun for me and myself to do it as well because when i when i when i track when i track drums like for my my music band my band or when i write music i'm i'm the same exact way as the rap man yeah. I, I told i told maddie this too i was like dude i am so specific i want to play one take that's it i don't want to layer i don't want to do separate parts I want to play through the entire song and have it perfect. Yeah. Because that 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 to me is what's cemented in my head. If it's not perfect, it's going to be redone. We're not editing. We're not doing anything like that. And to add on to why that would be really cool, because I think the same way. And it's is that in the middle of the album or a little later on it's the album? Towards right? the street. Yeah. Around the end. Around the end. Yeah. So you're really able to hear that. Um, like that, like that one take, it gets sloppy because he played the entire album yeah. through one take. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's not like a long album yeah. like the other ones. But yeah, still, but you still can hear how it would get sloppy yep. as you know as a drummer. So it's like really cool. So yeah, I actually love that idea, and I, I'll actually 100 get on that. And yeah. I love yeah. that idea, John, as well about like that like seven hour kind of thing somehow. Yeah. sevenfold. Somehow, somehow we're gonna make it happen because I love that idea of just like. Just remembered sevenfold or just have guests throughout the day of like everyone we know who's liked them just to come on, like say sure. their favorite song. Yeah, like, charity benefit. Yeah. Actually, yeah. That, 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 yeah. Could, 
that could actually be something, yeah. truthfully. That would be pretty sweet. Because I mean, to a charity of our yeah, – To, of our, to Rev, whatever yeah, Rev used to yeah. like, you know. So. It's so crazy, though, to think, though. It's nice, like, talking to you of, like, the fact that you were born in 1990 of, like, very few people know what it was like to just sit around listening to the self-titled and playing Halo 2. Yeah. Just, like, yeah. that's, Less like... Geez, like, let's go. Straight yeah. Straight. That, just, like, peak music and just, like, this little window into, like, how things were before everything was just like labels doing everything of just these monstrous labels of like exactly. yeah that peak piracy time of just like yeah, limewire frostwire all day <laughs> limewire of just downloading stuff that you had no yeah. clue whether or not it was exactly. going to do it. on the family computer let's see what happens Mom's that's true family. just like oh we'll see what happens and stuff exactly. and like lars, lars. yeah fucking lars. fucking lars come on lars yeah. oh yeah <laughs> i ruined it for everybody <laughs> It was, it's, you know, crazy that our teenage years, that's really anyone's teenage years is how they really kind of shape the music that they love and listen to. So for us to grow up with like City of Evil, My Chem, you know, American Idiot Green Day, Olive Oil, then like hip hop and, you know, kind of how we grew into that and how we still carry that with us, no matter what genres we explore in our 30s, you know, like indie folk scum punk yeah you know, hardcore etc like that <laughs> we, we always go back to what we used to listen to as teenagers like that's why yeah. I, I rate you know self-title and city of evil so high because i've driven through cities states everywhere with that album playing day night cold warm and those albums just hit perfectly every time is it because of the nostalgia that i feel because i'm like oh i remember being like 14 15 listening to this probably but now it's like, oh, I'm 31, 32 listening to this, and it's so yeah. great and great. We, so we've, much. like I said, we've, we've, we have listened to this stuff at the bar, yeah. singing our hearts out, okay? Not, I mean, not even, like, just Avenged Sevenfold, like, Knock Loose, Counting yeah. Worms, like, mm. I mean. I, I even got an Avenged Sevenfold tattoo. That's oh, not yes. a death badge. Show, show, the, yeah. show the people camera, camera one, can, it's the Super Thigh Heater 3000 <laughs> from A Little Piece of Heaven. Uh, that's also covering up a heartogram because John remembers heartograms everywhere. Yeah, that was that was like because him. That's a band that like no one ever talks yeah, about yeah. anymore. And then I was just like, well, I don't want to heartogram my elbow. I want something more mature. Yeah. So let me get the, the fucking thigh here from a necrophilia baby. song. <laughs> so yeah. I was eighteen. What do you want from me? So. I definitely want to get a death bat tattoo soon. I've been thinking about yeah. it so long. Yeah, I'm like, to get on it my calf. Like, yeah, man. And that's one of the things too. Like anybody that has the death bat tattoos. I instantly gravitate towards and we can mm -hmm. instantly just start talking. You know, yeah. how do you feel about this album? How do you feel yeah. about that album? How do you, you know, and all that Because you so, know at that point that if it's going to be tattooed on your skin, it's clearly got a meaning yeah. of some sort. If it's yeah. going to be permanently on you, you, well, you like to think more, more uh, times than less, it's going to be that uh, case every single time. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, that's honestly why I love like this little, this, this podcast, guys, because we got, you know, me, who was born in 1998, a, a, a younger, uh, you know, connoisseur of this this music. And then we got both these guys, Witty and John, yeah. who both, old head. Go ahead and 1990, old motherfuckers, old motherfuckers yeah. that uh, got to grow up and see it. Yeah. Fine. They got to live it, which yeah. is something that guys like myself, like my brother, like 
many of my it's, other friends did not get to yeah, it's, we it's, didn't get to have that it's, experience. it's one of those things like i don't know if i speak for john on this too where to you and i it's just like oh it really wasn't that exciting you know it's just, it was just a thing but to some people looking into it they're like no that was like the time to be alive it's something that i take for granted be like well yeah like i i remember you know black parade coming out in my age and all that good stuff and blah 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 and people were just like no man i wish i was at fye trying to get that copy yeah and it's like what do you mean like everyone listened to that so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and people won't know how that was of like literally yeah. an fye is just buying something because the album art looked cool yeah exactly. just like literally judging a book by its cover yeah. because it's like Sometimes you just sit there and wait for someone who's trying to sample an album, and you're like, "Oh my yeah. god, I'm not even gonna wait for this." And then the barcode doesn't work, and there's like shit on it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend my 11.99 and just buy yeah. this album, and hopefully it's gonna be good. And I think that's a main thing is like, it was really an exciting time, and I think it was interesting because. I'm always impressed by people. I think a part of what's great about people who appreciate like Avenged Sevenfold and stuff is the fact that like they enjoyed it despite it having commercial success. There wasn't that feeling of like, oh, like I'm too hardcore to like new Avenged Sevenfold or I'm too like this album was too popular. So I'm not going to care about it and stuff because that album, like for one, we've mentioned it so many times on this, but like. A little piece of heaven is just like that. The music video, I remember it being one of the first like age restricted videos I saw on YouTube yeah. that I went to watch it. They're like, yeah. you have to yeah. sign in because like what do you mean? <laughs> I, now you gotta lie about your age. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. cool, very, very, very cool. Like, and that was the interesting part of to think that times are changing of like the because it's interesting to realize like i was so surprised to find out a while back that the smoking age was now 21 i was like because yeah. i remember like it being 18 but like in high school like you'd go to hookah bar no one's really caring yeah. about your id yeah. at that point you so got a buddy like, that works at the gas station you get a pack of smokes at the age of 15 yeah and you, yeah and then you go to the hookah bar and you just force them to play city of evil yeah and you're just like yeah i'll, I'll tip you an extra 20 bucks on top of whatever this hookah costs yeah. and like and you play the whole album yeah. back to back and that's the main thing is too like i just remember that being able to like just sit there in the hook bar and you just like just soaked it in and like yeah. i remember spraying axe on myself and thinking that no one would know when i got home where yeah. i'd been and i'm like there's no way looking back i'm like yeah. there's no way like i don't know why but like people never ask me like are you smoking so like 100 <laughs> you know, yeah. had to know <laughs> around here we there's really not like a lot to do but we do, we do have a hookah lounge we used to free i used to frequent as like a teenager Shakes. but yeah Ooh. we used to park behind the kmart in the abandoned parking lot wrap ourselves in towels and shit i know my one friend Brittany used to do that. wrap herself in towels <laughs> chain smoke cigarettes and then go drop her back off like her mom didn't fucking know like what we were doing singing <laughs> beast and the harlot you know with our lungs just caked man like just that that's oh. that's, that's the memories man just that you know making little dance moves to be yeah. a harlot singing along you take this part i take that part. yeah and it's yeah man. it's so it's so fucking it's so unique yeah. we're able, all us as humans any any genre any band anything we're able to link music to a specific time in our life or just just anything we're able to take yeah. it and pinpoint it to something some of some relativity some form of relativity within our conscious uh, our conscious minds um I, I like how i'm able to take the perspectives of guys like you two and a bunch of my other friends and for me the thing that i like that's different 
that um that that's different for me is that like so I, I I'm much younger you know being born in 1998 I had to kind of in a sense go back in time to look into all these things yeah right so within this forever growing music scene bands that you know just like Avenged Sevenfold uh, that bring me the horizon you know all, you know whatever list goes on I'm able to see how my now favorite bands uh, grew appreciation for the bands like Avenged Sevenfold, the bands like uh, Bring Me the Horizon, the bands like Lamb of God, the bands like Slipknot, how the, the, the groups that I love now so much, like just a couple out there, I'm going to throw out Alpha Wolf, Era, you know, Fifth Grade King, like Monster Flame, you know, anybody, I could list them on all day. But just like bands like this that were in the past, you guys got to watch. Yeah. I'm able to see that they took ideas and, you know, they were like the reason why they wanted to make music and kind of seeing it in, in that sense, since I'm so like big and involved into the, like the metal core, the hardcore scene, like I really love it and I'm still constantly listening to it. And it's just so cool how you're able to see how your now favorite artist took a page from their book yeah. and became what they are now. And that's yep. like, like my favorite, favorite thing. That uh, that I do appreciate and enjoy about the fact that I I, I am younger and I didn't get to, um, I guess get to see it live. But now I'm able to kind of do my own research into the whys and the, you know, I guess the what ifs in a sense. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Totally understand. So able to bring something you know cool and dynamic to the table. Oh, anybody, not just me, just not just me. Anybody that is in my uh, same age group that likes loves this music. Every single band that you probably like now somehow stemmed from yeah. Slipknot and, or Avenged Sevenfold. And that's really how it was growing up in it, too. Like, you'd hear Avenged Sevenfold, and you're like, well, what sounds like these guys? And like John mentioned, you go to FYE, you're in that same section. You're like, well, whose album art looks the coolest that looks just like City of Evil stuff? Like, that's honestly how I found about Kohe, you know, because, Kohe Cambria. yeah, 03, you had, of course, Waking the Fallen and In Keeping Secrets and Sound for 3 one of my all-time favorite albums. I found that because of Ben Sevenfold. What have I found because of Coheed? Well, I found Mastodon and I found a couple other, you know, metal bands, which then transpired into, like, hardcore punk and all yeah. that good stuff. All because of a death band, you know? Yeah. And, like, Ben Sevenfold from back Unholy Confessions era, you know? Yeah. So just, like, going on that journey of, like, finding music because of this guy really spiderweb into how I listen to music, receive music, buy music, and, you know, kind of just make my personality around yeah. that shit. Too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and that, so it's ridiculous. That's the, that's the, that's the, the most, journey, man. It's the most beautiful thing. And I think it's the closest thing that you can get to spirituality is through through music, in my opinion, somehow, somewhere. Because <laughs> a lot of it stemmed from yeah. <laughs> But, like, you know, it's the emotion that you're able to tack on with it. Right. The creativity that you're able to tack on with it you know we all are just pieces of this universe and we flow with it just like everything else and the things that draw us in is like a piece of us in a sense exactly it's, re it's really interesting yeah, how different it, you know it can be for everybody yeah. so that's what's like really which oh, fucking beautiful and artistic which was one of the biggest issues getting older and listening to albums like nightmare and hail to the king because i had that new perspective on music at that age in my point of life yep where like you listen to nightmare without the rev and they bring in my portnoy of dream Theater, yeah which the revs one of the revs favorite bands was dream Theater, yeah right? you know so how touching was it to have the drummer from j3 come in and finish yeah like yeah but then like Braden said 
Mike Portnoy just quit Dream Theater thinking that he was going to be yeah, with the Ben Phil, Seven. Full, full, full <laughs> but and then everyone's like, well, wait, we didn't tell you to do that. You, know, you go back to your old job. Yeah, man. like, and that's why like I have a hard time with Nightmare because it's that like this is it. After this, there's no more rev. You know, and of course the band had that difficulty as well, being like, "Well, we don't want to commit to this drummer; we want to do it right." Yeah, which is when they brought in Aaron for Hail to the King. Yeah, which Hail to the King, it's a fine album, but it's definitely it's not. It's not. It it lost the creative touch. They 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 just did it because they felt like they had to do it. It's a stadium rock anthem album. It's a mortgage payment. Yeah, we know that. No, it's a mortgage payment. Like you're right. Hail to the King felt like they were trying to recreate self-titled yeah. in many ways. Like yeah. that's what it felt like was this like trying to relive the magic. And I think while we did say that they always, always progress, there was that slight moment that like yeah. Hail to the King. Yeah, it's, I mean, it has some good songs on it, but it yeah. was like it, the heart wasn't there. Exactly. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. And well, I, yeah. It's, it's a tribute album to yeah. like Pantera and Metallica, yeah. you know, and that's unfortunately what you got out of Aaron's drumming is because Aaron probably wanted to explore other avenues. Yeah, but was kind of held back in a sense. Yeah, because the band's like, you can't be the Rev, you're not the Rev. So yeah. stay in this lane and give me ACDC. Groups. Yeah, give me like a simple, you know, yeah. groove. And that's beat. really, that's where he was at. So, and then, of course, after that, he gets out of the band and then they get Brooks. Yeah, which is, yeah, it's, and it's the create. It's not the same creativity, but the creativity is back. But it's, it's, it's a more mature. It's now the entire group creativity versus almost just Jimmy the rest yeah. Sullivan, which, which is, is what it always kind of exactly, seemed like it was on critical acclaim. You really got the rev songwriting, singing and like other musicianship with it. Yeah. And that was cut short, you know? Yeah. What could have been, you know? Yeah. I, that's one thing that I, that's always going to sit rough with my stomach is like, I would have loved to know, where they would have went if he was still, uh, you know, still here today. Yeah. And his songwriting didn't even peak. Yeah. It Sorry, really John. didn't. What do you got? No, I have something. I promised I wouldn't do it, but I feel like this is the right time to do it. Are you guys okay with something that might be real hard to yeah. deal with? Real. This might be one of those. Never being no. for anything. No, no, no. Never shame, but never free. A life that healed the broken heart with all that it gave. Live the life so endlessly. We don't have to listen to it if you guys don't want to. It's just so good. I tried to heal your broken heart with all that I could. Will you stay? Will you stay away forever? Chapter laid to rest. Now-
Now and then I try to find a place in my mind where you can stay. You can stay away forever.
sorry. I it, had to do it. I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I had to. That's a, uh, yeah. Oh, I had sorry. to. I was like, we 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 talked about it too much. I was like, yeah, I, no, I, I, I'm surprised. It's, yeah, it's it's a it's a song I only listen to by myself generally. Like I don't think I've watched the music video with anyone else before. I I don't I don't know what else to say other than like that, that that's like yeah that like just just watch it watch watch it you want to do yeah. one for I mean <laughs> I like yeah. it. it was I I can't I I cried I did I did yeah I I I, I, I didn't cry my eyes just got real watery. I, <laughs> I myself no it's and i think that's the main thing is like it's interesting to think about that the versatility that they had was driven so yep. much by the rev to think about it to realize like they struggled to like have as much going on because there are very few artists out there who can like do the kit do vocals write and do everything like so many people are almost like not a drum machine, but so many people, it's kind of like they don't carry things the way that he did. And it's crazy to think about of like, just how long it's been and stuff. Like, it's weird to realize that gap of like, that he would actually on, in February, he would have been 42 years old. So he's 10 years older than I am. And it's weird to think about that gap, to realize the gap between him and I is the same gap that it between me and Brayden. And stuff to realize that power of like those 10 year gaps and to realize like paying it forward of to realize that like i mean i'm eight years older than king pete and my sister's eight years older than i am and she introduced me to so many things and stuff to realize like paying paying that forward and trying to keep that alive and stuff like that's the impressive part is to realize like i think I was so hard on the stage because I want, like, I guess in my mind, I was like, I don't know what I wanted out of it. Like I knew that they couldn't replace it and everything yeah. to think of like, can, could you be able to do something after doing it for 15 years? Would it sound the same? It's like, no, there's no way you can do that to recreate the magic of that, of like 11 years after city of evil and stuff to realize like, it's interesting to like give it a second look and to give it a second chance. Like I think that's the interesting part of like Cam helped me with and Brayden helped me with is like seeing it through fresh eyes to think about that and stuff. Whereas I think there is that part of you, at least for me, of like being 25 and 26 of like wanting to feel the same way about the stage that I did about City of Evil. And that's right. impossible. You can't go back. Exactly. You can't like but you want to. And I think it's oftentimes like it's interesting to see that emotional maturity where now you can appreciate bands for what they're doing and like understand the whole story rather than this weird, this fascination with like, or not fascination, but kind of the obsession of like wanting them to sound the same yeah, as they did when they were younger and stuff. And I did, I, I'm sorry that I made you guys listen to that, but it's like, I was like, it's too good. I was like, I, I put it off for so long. I intentionally didn't download it to my computer because I was like, if it's not downloaded, I know how the sound sounds through YouTube with their weird copyright system that I still don't understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that the, the, the people that uh, may not be the biggest fan of me are going to find joy out of me bawling my eyes out that one. <laughs> No, I'm like, but that's all. Yeah, it just goes to show, though, like how, like, 
can't replace. No, you can you only can't go, replace yeah. guys like the Rev. You can't you, replace you, guys. You can only like, try to go forward. You, you know, you can't replace the Neil Perch. Yeah. Of, you know, of Ross. You yeah, know, you yeah. can't replace guys like Chris Cornell, Chester. Yeah. And what mm-hmm. you know, what people had to go through with the bench sevenfold with hearing them without that core yeah. member. A lot of people in the future may have to hear that as well with Lincoln Park or and yeah. other bands that are going through these types. Like whenever Suicide Silence, whenever Mitch. Yeah, and they got that. Yeah, yeah like a lot of people in. had to, you know, grow with that as well. Yeah, like which they it's did. Not, it, yeah, and they did, and they excelled. It's not going to be what it was. Such as a lot of aspects yeah. in life, man. You're and, never going to yeah. be that again. And it's it's so. Yeah, it's like a it's like a great point of like, you know, you can't replace what's unreplaceable, but you can move on from yeah. it and find, uh, I guess, comfort in being uncomfortable with what yeah. is now your new norm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of us have that in our personal lives yeah. as well, too. Yeah. And we've all gone through heavy loss, losses, and we've had to learn yeah. how to continue forward. How to move on and just, you know, not 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 get over it in an ignorant sense, but you just, yeah. just got to yeah. go yeah. over the bump in the road and carry them with you forward. You yeah, and take that negative heavy yeah. and turn it into positive. Yeah. That because that song though, the how do I live without the ones I've lost? Like that line is just Yeah, that whole song cuts straight into you. And I think I don't know, a part of me I think I really appreciate this episode of like thinking of how everything's connected and being able to like appreciate the whole spectrum of their work to realize like they're like delve into like being more metalcore to being mainstream possibly too commercially successful with hail to the king of like i think it's such an incredible band and i definitely i i went from thinking that 500 might be too much to see something i would think about that for a bench sevenfold i would do that because i think it is like a piece of you and stuff of just like this like not almost like a time capsule of like seeing Matt sing and like hearing his voice of like that right there in the song that we just listened to was like, that was like peak him shadows right there yep. of like his, like the, and everything about it. Is so good. And it was, also it really, it really 100% was it like hundred percent. That's, that's a fact. You know, he lost, he had a vocal coach, lost his vocal coach uh, directly after or before Hail to the King, any either way, you know, he lost a lot of notes, tones of his voice, but he worked to come back to it. And, you know, he uh, lost in uh, December of 2021. You know, I'm excited to see what we're going to get for this new album, for this new sound, you know, because we can work with him as uh, some City of Evil, his vocal coach. And, uh, you know, like you said, the, the, the peak of his vocals were there and, you know, there's no saying that it's over. We could get something. We're gonna. I think we're gonna get something good. It's mm-hmm. gonna be different, but I'm yeah. excited nonetheless. Regardless, I, no matter where I rank the stage, doesn't mean it can't move up on my list personally. Exactly. And I'm I'm excited for it as well. Whatever come what may. Yeah. You know, like I'm gonna embrace it. I'm gonna listen to it. Fresh ears. I'm gonna take it for what I for what I, what it is. You know, yeah. you don't have to like something to appreciate the craftsmanship. Kind of like. Uh, you know, Woody and I were talking about it before the show. We were like, you know, it's like you almost want to hate on certain people, artists. Good example, Taylor Swift. But it's like, man, like she has the hits to back it up, and like I've always been hero. I've always been a Swifty. And it's just, it's just like an example, though. It's like you know, you've got 
you might not have, you don't have to like it, but at least respect, respect it for what it is, you know, because it's, it's, it's great craftsmanship. It's art, and it's something that straight up art subjective. And yeah. Good shit all around. So I think that's a, I think that's a good spot for us to end today's episode on Event Sevenfold, unless John is wanting hey, to. death bats everywhere. Unless John is wanting to add in. But guys, <laughs> um, go ahead and hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, follow us, King Listener Reviews, open on all platforms. Thank you, Witty. Thank you very much for having me. I, can't, I cannot wait to hear how my voice sounds. Oh, you're going to sound great. <laughs> it's it's going to be good. I'm going to. Uh, uh, shout outs to. Uh, Cam and John for having me on. Really appreciate you guys so yep. much for letting me come over and shoot the shit. Absolutely. So it's been a great time. And I'm looking forward to having you again for a few. If, uh, if we do yeah. numbies. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. If we do numbies, I'll definitely come back. As well as uh, thank my brother as well. Yeah, Anybody that yeah. follows along, thank you guys. Uh, really hope you found enjoyment in this episode. Uh, we got some big things planned. Later We're going to play them after this. Yep. You guys, you little, guys are going to be ready. That will March be is going to be real fun. And then a couple other uh, episodes throughout the week. So, hey, guys, like I said, like, follow, hit the subscribe button. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you, guys. We're out.